Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello and welcome to another Eurogamer newscast. And this week we're talking about Microsoft and Sony squabbling over Activision Blizzard and throwing uh, some accusations around in the public domain, which is interesting to see. My name's Tom Phillips, and joining me this week, as ever, is our trusty Eurogamer news reporting team. We've got Ed Nightingale. Hello. Uh, Victoria Kennedy. Hello. And Liv Nan. Hello. <laughs> uh, and uh, the big topic of discussion at the moment is the latest accusations, I suppose, from Microsoft specifically regarding Game Pass and the suggestion from Microsoft that Sony is paying money to stop games coming into Game Pass because Sony apparently sees Game Pass as a big threat. Microsoft's subscription service is certainly popular. Um, and I don't believe that Microsoft would be saying this if it didn't have evidence and, and believe that it was true. But this topic of exclusivity is nothing new to video games. Obviously, Microsoft and Sony have their own games that are exclusive and pay money for timed exclusivity for games from other companies. So is this just business as usual? We'll be discussing that and uh, how this information came to be in the public domain as we uh, talk over the week's news. And we'll talk a bit about Splatoon 3 as well, since yesterday we had a Nintendo Direct with plenty more information on that. But let's talk about um, Microsoft and Sony. Uh, this is obviously it's been going on for a while in the background of this is, is Activision Blizzard being bought by uh, Microsoft for nearly $70 billion. That potential deal was announced at the beginning of this year and is due to be finalized before next summer. But in the meantime, we're in this sort of um, kind of limbo period where um, the deal itself is being scrutinized and the question of whether it will run afoul of anti-competitive laws is um, is certainly being discussed and, and indeed this week it is. All of this comes from a Brazilian government filing. Um, a lot of this stuff often happens behind closed doors and I think the reason why people are so interested in all this is because it is happening in front of everybody in, in the public and um, what Brazil does is publish these sort of details of um, anti-competitive investigations that it is doing. And of course, Activision Blizzard, Microsoft and Sony, they all, um, they all do business in Brazil. So this is just as relevant to Brazil as the UK or the US or anywhere else in the world. And yeah, last night, um, the news came out that Microsoft had responded to something that Sony had said previously and um, that they were saying that Sony specifically was paying blocking money um, to games or to game makers so that their games did not end up on Xbox Game Pass. Ed, we were talking about this a bit earlier. Um, I don't think you were that surprised by this, right? Uh, do you think that this is sort of business as usual? 
Yeah, I think this whole thing, I, in some ways, I sort of just roll my eyes at it because, like, th- this happens all the time in businesses, um, surely, behind closed doors. What's interesting is that this is being aired publicly. Um, thank you, Brazil. Um, so I think it would be naive to think that this sort of dealing and and competitiveness, you know, wasn't happening. Um, it's, in a way, feels a bit like Sony and Microsoft throwing their toys at the pram trying to sort of one-up each other, having a bit of a playground squabble over Call of Duty. Um, I think in in that sense, this is business as usual um, in terms of competitiveness. Um, Of course, every company wants to have their exclusives. They want to have a unique selling point. Um, Every developer has that. Every publisher has that. Every platform holder has that. Um, They want to get customers. So of course, they're going to want exclusives um, to bring in customers. That's just business. I think what is interesting is this whole um, Game Pass blocking thing, um, which does feel a little bit shady on Sony's part. I'm sort of not surprised about it. Um, it feels a bit shady in a kind of um, underhand tactics kind of way, as opposed to a positive, we are going to create exclusives to attract people. This is a more negative, you know, we're going to stop our competitors, uh, which which feels a little bit shady. Um I think it also shows how threatened Sony must be for Game Pass if they are actively <clears> trying to block it. Um, they've obviously just come up with their own um, subscription service in PS Plus, um, but they're doing things a little bit differently in that it doesn't have those day one games. The fact that Xbox is doing that, but they don't have many good exclusives, um, means that you know maybe Sony is a little bit threatened by that. Um, so it's... It's quite underhand what they're doing. I'm sort of not surprised by it, but it does that those comments feel a little bit shady. I will admit. Hmm. And I, it's worth saying as well that while this is business as usual, exclusives happen all the time. This particular deal that Brazil and everyone else in the world is examining is not business as usual. It is going to be a seismic change yep. when this happens, and. I think a lot of what these companies, Microsoft and Sony, are arguing about is how much of a change it's going to be. And Microsoft, for its part, is saying, well, yeah, we're going to buy Activision Blizzard. We're going to pay $70 billion. But actually, it's not going to change that much. And we we saw that um, previously with sort of the squabbling over whether Call of Duty was an essential game or not. Um, Victoria, sort of looking back at all of that, uh, are you surprised that Microsoft is taking, or Microsoft had to sort of take the stance that Call of Duty was not an essential game Whereas Sony was saying that it was, and that it was something that people bought consoles for. Um, what's your See, thinking on all that? My thoughts on this is still, if we go way, way back to when this deal was first announced, I still remember thinking that while well, Activision and like Call of Duty was kind of like at the front and center of what everyone was thinking, I still think that their big like deal in that is the king, the mobile side of things. And so maybe Mac, uh, Microsoft, sorry, is being quite legitimate when they're saying it's not the essential game. Like maybe that is not what they had at the forefront of their minds when they made this deal. Um, I mean, obviously, Call of Duty is a huge uh, brand, essentially, in its own right. Like, you know, I, even people who don't play games have heard of Call of Duty. So I don't think it's not an essential game, or whatever the exact wording was. But I do think that there are other things at play that aren't necessarily coming to the fore as much as this particular franchise is at the moment. That so, mobile, it, it, I think is an absolutely critical point and something that 
has not been discussed i've seen this week you know when we're talking about all of this king is such an important part of that deal because microsoft has never itself really cracked mobile has it hmm. yes i mean i still think that maybe microsoft is i mean i because people are like oh i can't believe that microsoft is saying that you pinch one of these biggest games it's not essential blah 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 but I still feel that Microsoft obviously have a bigger agenda than just that one franchise. And so, yeah, maybe they are right. It's not as essential in their big long-term plans. It is just quite amusing and ironic watching Microsoft downplaying one of the biggest games in the world. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I fully understand like that amusing side of it. Yeah. And it, you know, it does obviously make the headlines because it's more headline worthy, I suppose. But... I just think there's a lot more going on. While this is all effectively being aired like dirty laundry in front of us, there's still going to be other things that we aren't necessarily being told about right now. Um, so I, I just think that's something to bear in mind while we're discussing all this. Absolutely right. Liv, um, did you follow the whole Call of Duty is essential, Call of Duty is not essential debate? There were headlines which uh, ran with those. And uh, I think it's worth remembering when we're talking about all of this, this is language f not for video game fans um it's for the business community and microsoft has said right that uh actually call of duty is not going to go away from playstation they're going to keep it on there for the moment um so is microsoft right do you think then Liv, that call of duty you know it's it's sort of irrelevant to this whole question of whether the activision acquisition is going to be anti-competitive Honestly, I think it, it depends on what sort of angle you, you mean by, like, it's an essential thing. Like, I mean, Victoria mentioned a really good point that maybe, you know, in financial terms, maybe what they mean is that it's it's really a tiny, small amount of their of their revenue compared to, like, the mobile side. But in terms of its dominance and its recognition within the gaming world... You know, it is a pretty big deal. So I think it's yeah. it's difficult to just say yes, they're right or they're wrong. I think. Hmm. Yeah, is this financial terms or is it brand power? Yeah. And those yeah. two kind of are linked anyway in a in a in a weird way. So. Even the brand power side of things, I mean, I know we've all discussed this previously, but, you know, obviously Vanguard flopped compared to other Call of Duty things. And so it's not like they have, I, I, I don't get me wrong, I know that Call of Duty has done remarkably well um, since its conception 20 years ago. I can't even remember when the first one came out. Anyway, long time ago. Um, but it's not been like, you know, we're not going to get that yearly release anymore. They've already said, so I've got a fly buzzing around me. We're not going to get that yearly release anymore. Uh, you know, Vanguard, they, they are going to have to do something, I think. Obviously, we've got Modern Warfare 2 coming up this year. Then we're having a break next year. So they're going to have to, like, do something to kind of bring the brand back, I think, to what it was anyway. Yeah, I think um, Call of Duty is in an interesting place right now. Um, it does have the mobile game. It does have Warzone 2 launching. So this... I. I certainly don't think we've seen the end of Call of Duty and the Vanguard is going to be like the the last <laughs> the last no. we see of it. But um, yeah, I, I do think that there is a lot more to this conversation than just Call of Duty. Um, and yeah, they've said Call of Duty will continue on PlayStation for the time being. Um, it was interesting, you know, seeing the conversations from Sony about it being like a 
PlayStation system seller and Microsoft was going to take that away and Microsoft saying we're not taking it away it's it's sort of irrelevant to all of this um this conversation is maybe more curious though about the games that they are talking about PlayStation blocking though because I want to know more about what those are because obviously we we've agreed that things like the last of us will not be going to Xbox and despite Kratos's little debut last week it's it's not going to officially come to xbox and so i want to know more about the games that are being blocked from mm. this game pass release well we were talking about stray earlier weren't we where um you know i should say we have no knowledge of whether this is one of those games but uh i i think it's the type of game where it's not made by playstation and you're right like we're never going to get god of war on game pass unless it's that weird game made by someone in south london and it's uh, the studios that Sony works closely with that maybe it is already, you know, it has a marketing deal or some sort of exclusivity of a release deal that I would imagine they're, they're also saying, hey, you know, here's some more money if you don't go on Game Pass at all. Or they make it part of um, their contractual obligations. Like, oh, you want our promotion? You want uh, to be in the next PlayStation State of Play? We'll give you all of that visibility, but we'll also put a line in the contract that says no Game Pass for 18 months or, or whatever. I mean, the, we're just speculating here, but if, if I was if I was sort of say, asked what games do you think this refers to, I would say it's it's that kind of that kind of level of stuff where you know Stray is is a third party game, um, but there's absolutely no sign of it coming to Xbox anytime soon. It feels like a Sony game, doesn't it? Like the way it's been promoted over time. Mm-hmm. Mm. I mean, yeah. while Sony and Microsoft are squabbling about this, is this somewhere where indie games can kind of rise up a little bit and get something out of this? I mean, obviously they are indie independent by name, but you know, if they are being offered escalating amounts of money for exclusivity, then you know, indie games can can actually get something decent out of this. And that also shows the power of and, and the importance of indie games to these subscription services. If Microsoft and Sony don't have these first party games, well, either don't want to put them on or don't have them, then the you know it falls on third parties and indie uh, games to really uh, you know fill that gap. And it shows the importance of those games. Um, and if they're willing to pay a lot of money to have them exclusively, indies can do pretty well out of that, I would have thought. Yeah, playing devil's played... advocate sorry sorry after you i was just going to say playing devil's advocate though uh there's no reason why indie games can't get that same level of visibility get put in a state of play uh and still be able to launch on other things at the same time it's the platform holders that are making that judgment call that say well you know if you want to be alongside god of war next to us this is the consequence you know this is the the thing that you've got to do, you just can't go on Game Pass for whatever reason. Sorry, sorry. what were you going to say? Well, I was going to say, I play a lot more indie games that I wouldn't necessarily play because they're on a service, though. So, as, as much as I appreciate what you're saying, that indie games could easily get the visibility if they wanted, there are still a few that I probably wouldn't play unless it was on a service. Um, it's, just, it's probably a loss on me because I've played some great games that I wouldn't necessarily thought of buying, like Tunic, for example. I love that game, but I wouldn't have played it if it wasn't on Game Pass. Power wash. <laughs> I wouldn't have bought. I wouldn't have bought it. It's like twenty quid, twenty thirty quid. Yeah. Wouldn't have paid that. <laughs> what other games do you think that you know this 
Sony might be looking at for this kind of thing because I think of sort of Square Enix, you know, and uh, the closeness that it has with that publisher um, outside of the AAA space. It's a possibility. They've had... Um, it. Well, I mean, what's interesting is that Call of Duty currently has a um, PlayStation brand deal attached. Um, I don't think there's any suggestion that, you know, Call of Duty wants to go on Game Pass. I think it's quite happy being a big box game but i don't know well thinking of that there are well there are but also are there um games that are now on ps plus that it's launched that were on game pass and aren't any longer so for instance i've been playing final fantasy 12 recently on ps plus which was on game pass and was taken off so you know you mentioned square enix there like are there games that used to be on Game Pass and now Sony have said, you know what, we want that on, on ours instead and have taken that. Is that another example of this? It's that um, the thing that you've seen with TV series or streaming services where like you're watching something on Netflix and then it disappears and then a few months later you're like, oh, <laughs> that's because it went on, on, onto Amazon or somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to think what I've been playing on Game Pass. I was playing Final Fantasy VIII on Game Pass and that's not there anymore. I wonder if that's on PlayStation. That is on PlayStation. Is it on PlayStation? PlayStation has all the Final Fantasies. Ah, I'll just sort of. Although I won't be able to transfer my save from Xbox, will I? Nope. No. I'll have to start again. Uh, do I want to do all that again? <laughs> but that's a conversation for another time. So. Yeah. <laughs> another also, angle to this. Sorry. So, what is also is is you know Sony are squabbling about Call of Duty and. Of course, they're going to moan about that because, of course, they're going to be the only company to put up a fight against Microsoft. It's their biggest competitor, so of course they're going to they're going to kick up a fuss. But maybe instead of squabbling over Call of Duty, they should think, well, what can we do to compete with that? They've just bought all these other studios. They've just bought Bungie. Why don't they put some money into Destiny Two and make Destiny Two a rival to Call of Duty? Or what about all these other live service games that they've got coming up? Um, you know, will they compete with Call of Duty rather than moaning about that? Why they, they, you know, yeah. actually make make a competitor? Focus on what you can control. Hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's a very because like Sony seemed to be quite happy with its own business model of releasing blockbusters. That's what it wants to do, and that is where it has a real edge over Microsoft. Microsoft has an edge over Sony when it comes to the subscription service. But you can see that, um, especially when it comes to these huge, Sony can do like. A seventy billion dollar deal to buy Activision Blizzard. I really don't think that it, it would do that. Um, I think that you're seeing like legitimate, like this is we really should try and stop this concern from Sony. I, I personally don't think that it's going to be successful, but um, they're certainly trying. They're lodging their uh, their their, dis, <laughs> their dis, disagreement with it. Um, the other angle I was going to say is that. Um, Microsoft, as again part of this Brazilian government filing last night, said it would simply not be profitable to make Call of Duty an Xbox exclusive, uh, which is interesting. Even um, you know, even though it can soak up this sort of seventy billion dollar deal, it's still looking at the end of it. It's not just about taking a game away from Sony. It's about like we still need. We want to. We're not going to buy a company and not expect it to make billions for us they want uh something like the Mine- minecraft model where you know at the time two billion dollars for minecraft seemed like an extremely ridiculous amount of money and yet they made it back in about a month 
because Minecraft just prints money and continues to do so via the sale of in-game items. And I think that's what they want to do with Call of Duty and King, as you mentioned, Victoria. Yeah, I still I love guess... that while all this is going on, Nintendo, I think, is acing it this year. I know you guys discussed this in the newscast a while ago, but Nintendo is just cracking on, doing its own thing and releasing some great stuff. And we've got a good slate for Nintendo coming up while Sony and Microsoft squabble. Well, that's the thing. There are so many exclusives on Nintendo. They're not moaning about that. It's just, it's, it's well, just Sony and Microsoft to be fair, like moaning at each other. Nintendo's not buying Activision Blizzard, a company which <laughs> well, makes <it's> not. <laughs> Sony millions and millions of dollars in in-game revenue and do you think if partnership. nintendo did in some other universe did do this though do you think that they would be getting the same sort of stroppy throwing the toys out of the pram reaction from other or do you think, think it depends just who it was if nintendo turned around and said we're buying square enix then i think sony would massively kick off <laughs> <laughs> it's the, yeah it doesn't matter who it is it's not personal it is just business i i, I feel like as a like we're all sort of agreeing that that this is basically what it is that uh, that we're not seeing anything sort of too out of the ordinary here. It's but, also nice, I suppose, that you have seen people like uh, Phil Spencer and Jim Ryan, and they they have been championing each other's games. Like I can't remember who it was, but someone said they were looking forward to playing God of War. It must be Jim Ryan. Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer. Yeah, I got them the wrong way around. Anyway, you know, he was. Yeah. Anyway, like the the, the Xbox One is looking forward to playing the PlayStation One. Yeah, that's that's the cuddly PR. Like, we'll get some likes on Twitter stuff, and then it behind worked. the scenes, it's it's business. <laughs> you know, like at the end of the day, your time and your money will either be given to one gaming company or another if you like video games, and games companies want to be the one that your time and money is going to. Have um, you bought a console because of a game? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What, what was it? Ed, a Switch for you... Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I will buy anything that Zelda is on. So <laughs> That's the exact same for me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, and me three. That was definitely a, a straightaway purchase when I got a Switch. Liv, will you buy... You have a Switch already, but uh, mm -hmm. what did you think of Splatoon 3 this week? It looks fun. I don't play Splatoon, but it looks very fun. It looked like there was a lot of stuff for... For people to enjoy returning things and new content and everyone is really enjoying um deep cut as well can you explain if, if, if <laughs> big man yeah if people maybe did not catch this week's nintendo direct entirely dedicated to splatoon um can you briefly explain what deep cut is <laughs> so deep cut is the every every game has like a set of idle announcers so um, I think there was Kala, Kali and Mari, because mm. Kala Mari, um, and this time we've got a group called Deep Cut, with with a big Ray called Big Man, <laughs> who is who is the, it... who is turning into the internet's favorite? I think move over Fido. <laughs> <laughs> God, Fido! I've already forgotten. Every um, week, yeah, I mean Nintendo mascot. Fido, what's that? <laughs> so good. Uh, and there's there's three of them this time around, which relates to the fact that you can now have three team battles. Is that right? Yeah, mm, ish, isn't it? Ish. Well, <laughs> it's it's four v two v two, isn't it? 
So yeah, but that's specifically in the Splatfests. I guess you need I... me to explain what a Splatfest is now, Tom, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I voted in ketchup versus mustard or mayonnaise. I oh, is this the rock, paper, scissors thing? Yeah. And so now that now there are three options, right? Ed? Hmm. Yeah, exactly. So the Splatfest is just a way of getting the internet to battle each other. You pick a side depending on what thing it is, whether it's ketchup and mayonnaise or whatever else. It's always very silly. And they're now making that three-way instead of two-way, which then means that those Splatfest battles will start off as two teams, um, and then it becomes three teams um, halfway through the battle, but becomes four v two v two to make it more balanced. But it's going to be pretty chaotic, I think. Oh, we didn't need Splatfest to make the internet fight. (laughs) (laughs) They could could do a Microsoft or Sony who deserves to to own Activision. Who gets custody of Activision. (laughs) I love the idea that, like, you know, they go and, like, have... They go to Nintendo to fight it out over Ink Wars. (laughs) What's you the think third the option, ink- though? Is it Nintendo, or is it just they <laughs> remain exclusive, or what? <laughs> they... The third option is World Peace. <laughs> Do you think the ink would be yellow? Because it would be custody. Um, oh. oh. Very good. Well done, Awful. Mr. Phillips. <laughs> Awful. Uh, which, okay, so... Yeah. As someone who has never played a Splatoon game, my introduction to Splatoon is Inkling Girl on Mario Kart. And I was like, who on earth is that? And then obviously I spoke to you guys and Martin got very excited about Splatoon yesterday. As someone who's never played the game, why should I? It's a really well-designed Nintendo level of quality, polished team-based shooter that has fun gameplay mechanics and is colourful and happy and doesn't take itself too seriously. It's also good for um, a wide range of players because you win not by shooting other people, but by how much of the arena you cover with your team's ink. So you can actually hang back and just like ink all the walls and ink all the floors and you don't need to have exact aim to do that and you can still contribute to the team. Whereas some people will go straight in and just start shooting the other players um, to stop them from inking as much, but it needs to have a mix of both. So it is good for for all sort of levels of players. What I will say, and I'm pretty sure I saw someone talking about this or me about this a few years ago, but you've got like Call of Duty, which is basically a very adult, very mature game that is generally played by teenagers trying to be cool. And then you've got Splatoon, which is seemingly for children because it's bright and colourful and cartoony, but it's full of very, very competitive adults who are very good at that game. So they are kind of opposed to one another. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Interesting. I did think it looked a lot of fun. It's the kind of game I can imagine playing with, like, my kids, um, you know, just to, like, pass some time on a rainy afternoon or something. Yeah, matches are like two minutes, so you can you can whip, you whip through loads of loads of matches very quickly, which becomes very addictive. But I did I did think I mean you mentioned all this. I did think it was interesting in the direct that they literally went back to basics and explained spent a long time explaining the basics of what the game is about. Um, you know, very much for a new audience, like they're trying to reintroduce the series. But then there were some nuggets of new bits, which are essentially just building on the existing game. So there's nothing that's like hugely hugely new but there's enough new stuff in there to warrant existing players wanting to play this new one but there's also a lot in there to attract new players as well 
So I feel like this is very much reintroducing Splatoon to the entire Switch audience. That card game is pretty interesting. Yeah. It's like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Splatoon meets Tetris. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's enough in there for people who've played already. But also, yeah, it, it, it could be your first entry into the Splatoon series. And maybe it will be, Victor. Maybe, um, maybe. Is there, okay. I did see they briefly mentioned a story mode. I take it that's not really why people would play it. It's, it's yeah, played the, with like, the, the online chaos. The first game, I think, was multiplayer only. And then in the second game, they added in a single player, which is, it's kind of like test rooms. So it's almost like teaching, well, it's sort of, it's essentially a training mode that it's teaching you the mechanics by going through sort of test rooms to show you how the different weapons work and the different abilities and to sort of push the boundaries of what you can do in the game, almost, almost like puzzles in a way. So I think they're expanding on that. Ooh. Well, also, maybe uh, I'll get that demo. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's worth shouting. Um, free demo coming later this month alongside seven days of free Nintendo Switch Online. So download it. Get your free seven days of Nintendo Switch Online. Try Splatoon. If you don't like it, go play Mario Kart. Nope, then go play Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. Yes. I like yesterday there was a tweet from the official Power Wash Simulator account saying uh, opposite Power Wash Simulator game looks yeah. good. <laughs> I was going to say, is this why you like Splatoon or why you like Power Wash? Because it had that, like... Well, yeah, it does have that same kind of... When you're covering a level with stuff, um, like, you do sort of get, you know... I can sometimes forget that there is a battle going on over there because I'm just like, no, oh, just painting this wall purple. <laughs> Did you All write your hours. name? Little smiley face. TP was here. Yeah, it's been a while since I played, but I think it's not... It's not like fine enough that you could actually write things, and I think that that is for obvious child safety reasons. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> there's also lots of different weapons that splat in different ways. So there's like there's a paintbrush, or there's a big roller, or there are guns, and they all sort of splat the walls in different sort of ways and shapes and things. So it yeah, would be very like hard Katana. to actually write Spl with it. Splatana, Splatana. I take it that's a new thing mm. for this game. And also it has big, big man in it. So why wouldn't you want to play? I think he wears Ray-Bans. And nails. <laughs> Let's not forget nails, the little sea snail. He looks like cool. such a dude. Oh, sunglasses just in the corner. <laughs> and I also really appreciated, I, I don't know if these again, I've never played Splatoon before, so it might be a recurring thing, but I like the sort of man of wardrobe sort of puns and things that they had going on that spoke to me. Yeah, there's a lot of that. <laughs> right, well, that is another eclectic week in the world of video games. Um, thank you if you have made it with us this far. Um, and thank you to all of you guys for joining. Um, let's wrap up there and see what next week has to bring. Until then, Ed, where can people find you on Twitter? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights with an N. Uh, Victoria? I'm Lord Chop Shop Gal. And Liv? I am at Just Cast Holy. And I am at Tom Phillips CG. Thank you again, everyone. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye.